0: What is an influencer? And is that even really a legitimate career these days? That and more is what my guest and I are going to be talking about today. It was recorded a while ago, but it is worth the wait and you won't want to miss it. Welcome to the Dive Into Your Career podcast. This is Dive Into Your Career. The podcast designed to help students like you take impactful steps towards your career goals. I'm Gina Visram, a qualified careers coach and consultant who is so proud to be your careers cheerleader. You are in the right place if you are a determined student or the proud supporter of one. Here, you will embrace career development in a unique spirit of fun, not fear. Let's dive in. Chances are you are spending a load of time on social media at the moment. Admit it, we all do. And that's one of the many reasons why I am so excited to have Lorella Palmer with us today. Now, Lorella runs a social media marketing agency, which is exciting enough in itself, but when you hear her story, you will completely understand why she is an incredibly compelling guest for us to have today. You are listening to the Dive Into Your Career podcast. Hi, Lorella. It's brilliant to have you here. Hi, Gina. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Now, as I said to you just now, before we started recording, I reached out to you pretty much immediately when I saw one of your TikToks from probably about a month ago, which talked about the it being the second anniversary of your agency. So firstly, congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much.
0: Now... There is an increase of social media marketing agencies, of course, as increasingly we are using a range of platforms. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about what social media management involves and the sort of work that you currently do. Yeah, no, of course. So
1: I run my own social media marketing agency, as you said, and that kind of has different legs of the business. A very large chunk of that is coaching influencers and content creators on how to grow their social media, predominantly their Instagram and a little bit of TikTok coaching in there as well. And then the other leg of the services I offer are for mainly businesses where I actually am the person behind their Instagram. Business owners, I know myself as one, it is so tough wearing all the different hats. And I feel that a lot of businesses, they have such great services or such great products and they focus so heavily on that that they struggle with their social media. So people like me and other people who run social media marketing agencies, we help business owners run their socials so that they can focus on actually running the business itself. So we're typically the person behind their DMs, their inquiries, their posts, their engagement, all kind of like the little admin bits that matter so much for a business. But the actual business owner needs to focus on the other bigger decisions. So we're the face behind the brand. And then for the influencers, I'm the
0: coach. And yeah, it's lots of different hats. Incredible. Now, social media management is actually one of the job roles that I talk about when I give an example of how career opportunities are always changing and new opportunities arise all the time. Five million years ago, when I entered the world of marketing and PR after I graduated, social media management wasn't a thing because... Social media wasn't a thing for another couple of years. I think Facebook kicked off. So this is one of those examples, isn't it, of how technology is really creating lots of different jobs. Yeah, 100%. I think a good place for us to start is to talk about the whole idea of influencers, okay. right? Today we're really talking about how to become an influencer, how to start your own business, we're going to take things from both angles, but tell me more about what an influencer is to you.
1: Okay. So an influencer to me is someone of Any size platform at all, which is a lot of where people go wrong when they think of an influencer. Someone who has any sort of size platform that purely has an influence over a particular group of people. So, what I mean by that is a lot of people who think of influencer, they think of the girls in fashion, think of the girls in makeup. Actually, it's anyone who likes a particular area that brings people to their area, brings people to their page to discuss that topic. And this could be anything. This could be cooking, this could be fitness. Um, So just someone that has an influence over a group of people, so that when they speak, those people listen. When that person recommends something, those people might buy into it. That to me is what an influencer is, and that can be in any capacity, any sort of area or any topic that people enjoy.
0: That's a really useful way of describing it, Lorella. Thank you, because I think often... When people think about influencers, they specifically think about fashion and beauty, which, of course, there there is a large sort of influencer population there. Yeah. But what you just described is it really can be in any genre.
1: 100%.
0: 100%.
1: That's a lot of what I focus on. I have a lot of people come to me and say, I really love thinking about being a mum, but can I be a motherhood influencer? And I say, of course, because... There are other women out there who are pregnant who want to follow other mums who have already had children to look for inspiration, to look for products to buy or techniques. And just because you're blogging about mum, being a mum doesn't mean you're not doing motherhood influencing because you're influencing new mums over what products to buy, the toddlers or anything like that.
0: So, yeah, it could be any genre. Okay. So with that in mind... And again, one of the reasons why I was so keen to speak to you, and we're going to go into your story and your journey in a minute, because I think that's fascinating and very inspirational. And in fact, do you know what, let's start there, actually, because this is going to help me get some of the people on side that I want to get on side with this, because what we're about to talk about, let me let people know, is we're going to be talking about if you are somebody who aspires to be an influencer, or if you are the supporter, you know, if you are a parent or a careers advisor or a teacher, and you come across somebody that talks about wanting to be an influencer, where do the conversations go from there? Because I know that there's a lot of kind of skepticism and eyebrow raising. So we're going to touch on that in a moment. So That's so you know that you make sure that you don't go anywhere because that's going to be a really juicy part of this conversation. Even before that, though, Lorella, tell us about your journey. Okay, so
1: I have graduated from my law degree last year and thank you all through university, all through college. I've always loved Instagram. I was the girl in school who loved it. I've had my account since I was twelve years old. For context, I'm now twenty-two, so my account's actually ten years old. Um, when I first had it, I was taking very bad photos of close-up things like flowers or the sky because my dad didn't really want me posting pictures of me on there. You know, at twelve years old, and yeah, and I just always loved it. And I found that there's such a community out there and the connections you can make unlike any other. On social media, you can meet people from all over the world. And it's incredible. And I built really nice friendships, you know, going through school and met people that were interested in the same TV shows as me or books as me. And um, that was always like a great part of it. And yeah, and I went to college and I had no idea what I wanted to do. For a small time, I considered doing something within psychology. For a bit of background context my dad suffers with a lot of mental health problems he's been sick for most of my life so I thought there's nothing I really wanted to do and I thought maybe turn like a passion into a job so I want to help my dad so I thought let's do something in psychology and for complete transparency, I did psychology at college, and, and boy, I hated it. I really, really hated it. And I really yes, tried, and I really well. wanted to love it, but I couldn't. So I've always been quite academic. I've never been very arty, so I just picked very academic subjects. I did law. And so I thought, you know, what, I was quite good at it. So I thought, let's, let's just become a lawyer. I just thought on a whim. So yeah, I then went to university to do law. This whole time, I was also working at McDonald's. I'd been there for five years. In total, i have gone through three promotions, I went my way up to a manager, and you know what, I, you know, there are days I hated it, but ultimately I quite liked my job, and then lockdown came, and I was furloughed, mm. my degree was almost finishing, but there were some decisions, and, and me and a couple of my friends decided to postpone our last year, because obviously there were talks that this will only last a month, you know, everything will go back to normal, so I ended up doing a fourth year. And yeah, and and within that period, I set up my company in in April 2020. And I thought, you know what, this will be a small fun thing on the side. And a few of my friends wanted to try and grow on social media. So I launched like this very small coaching course. And by course, I mean, it was just paragraphs of information that I'd read on Instagram about how to grow. And I put it into like a WhatsApp group. And I'd add all these girls into the group. And every week for four weeks, we'd send them a chunk of it. And it was nicely laid out. And that was it. That was the course. That was the infamous course that started this all. And uh, about two, three months into it, my boss from McDonald's popped me a text and said, we're reopening the store. The government said we can reopen. And uh, what's your availability like? And I was in this period of time where I needed a few more months to know whether I could make this full time or not. And I didn't didn't have that because she wanted me back. So I took the leap of faith. I think many business owners can relate to there is that moment in your business and that leap of faith. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to give my availability. I'm going to give you my resignation, and that's exactly what I did. And I left, and and I blinked, and we celebrated two years in April. So yeah, I bought a balloon and everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it made for great content. It was very eye catching to see the balloon and the cake and all the rest of it. Oh, good. But Lorella, so much of what you shared there, and thank you so much because you just gave a succinct, very compelling account of your journey. You know, sort of from education and. There are so many points to pick up there, and I'll pick out just a couple. Okay. So one, and and thank you for sharing your experience of your dad. One of the ways that we can think about what we might want to do in our career is think about what we're passionate about in real life, because something has become important to us, right?
1: 100%.
0: In your case, it was around sort of mental health and psychology inspired by your dad, And so that was an area that you explored and then realized wasn't for you. And I wanted to point that bit out because so often if we just think about things and let the ideas ricochet in our heads, we're never going to know whether it's the right thing for us or not. But you actually doing a course and then realizing, "Mm, this course isn't for me, that is one of the things that helped you go in a different direction to a direction that you thought You wanted to go into. So, that was one of the points that I wanted to pick up from what you just shared. Another one is the importance of some bravery around pivoting. So, you talked about how you worked at McDonald's for five years, from when you were 15 to when you were 20. And as we all saw, as people who've experienced the pandemic, all kinds of things happened that none of us anticipated, none of us knew how long it would take. And despite the best of intentions and, you know, working really hard and getting getting to certain positions, nobody anywhere was immune from potentially losing their position, at least for a while. So at that stage, you explored something that you wanted to look into, which was around supporting your friends who had asked for your support in growing their social media presence have I described that correctly?
1: Yeah so some friends asked some help and I just kind of gave free tips and tricks and then I kind of thought I'm sure there are other people out there that also want this kind of information so I posted an Instagram story and said I'm thinking about launching this with anybody interested and a good few people were interested I always always help my friends for free I'm a bit of a I'm a bookworm so I absorb a lot of information so I would do all this research and if friends said to me oh how to do this how to do that i tell them this is what I'm doing so try this and I thought I have a bit of knowledge here like maybe people would actually like this because it took me hours to research and I thought that the you know people don't want to go up there and put in years of of Work and practice into it and hours of research. At that point, my selling point was I've done all the research, so you don't have to. I've put this into a concise way of teaching it to you, so you have the ease of just reading it and knowing what to do like that. So, yeah, that's how that started.
0: Brilliant. And that was the other point that I wanted to raise as well. So, as well as your kind of pivoting from going back to your McDonald's job versus going further into your social media management. One of the reasons why it even got started is because you reflected and you observed what you were being asked by people, by friends in your case, and then reflecting, actually, if my friends are asking me about this, chances are other people will be interested in knowing about this as well. So I wanted to highlight just a few of those things from what you shared, because I think whoever is listening to this today can take so much from that in terms of reflecting on their own skills and their interests and what can they potentially do as part of that. And I'm definitely intending to do more around students and entrepreneurship on this podcast. So I'm so happy to be starting that here with you oh. and seeing what this is turning into for you. Oh. So Lorella, can you tell us a little bit more about, I guess, some of the ways that influencers make a living and how yeah. they can monetize what they're doing can you share a little bit more about that
1: yeah of course the thing of influencing is there are so many ways of making money the issue is that a lot of people when they say i want to be an influencer they just want to grow their following whereas there are the kind of the other group of people who are like i want this to be my job and therefore they focus more on what they can provide and therefore get in return i.e money and rather than focusing on the numbers of, of their following So some ways you can make money on Instagram and TikTok and all these other social media platforms are collaborations where a brand will send you items and then you can create content for them. That sometimes is is gifted and other times if you negotiate it well enough, hopefully that can then be paid and they'll pay you per image, per story, per video. Other little ways can be like affiliate marketing, where you link items you already own. There are so many websites out there and you get paid per click. So you get paid 10 pence or 5 pence. And then there are other websites where you get paid for commission. So if you post something and someone buys it from your link, you might make £5. And affiliate marketing, I would say, is really, really great, especially with like video content. If you post an outfit and you link it in your bio, if a thousand people click that and 100 people buy it you could make you know a really good small piece of income that doesn't get dictated by anyone other than yourself because obviously when you're with brands it's a negotiation between two of you affiliate marketing is a great thing that i don't think a lot of people do the other thing that influencers can make money through
0: is ugc use generated content which is very i definitely wanted to talk to you about that because that's different isn't it that's not one where you need a particular amount of people following you or anything like that so yes please expand there's so many more people talking about that on tiktok at the moment and i'm loving seeing it it's great i think not enough
1: people know about this i recently held a how to make money on social media boot camp and one of the three calls was all about ugc and and at the beginning i said what call was everyone looking forward to and everyone said oh paid collabs at the end, everyone said their favorite call was UGC. And I think that it's it's a fantastic thing. So UGC is basically user-generated content where you can create content for a brand where the content you make, the images, the videos, goes to the brand's Instagram or to the brand's website, not to your own. So this means you could literally have, I'm being deadly serious, you could have 10 followers, 10 followers, and anyone would tend to, to say, oh, I can't make money off of Instagram. And i say, well, if you've got good photography skills, if you have just that kind of like eye for aesthetic or kind of product photography, laying something out, and making it look nice, a brand will pay you money because they don't care. It's not going to your page. They don't care how many I see on there. They care about it going to their page because when they then run an advert using that image, they can make thousands back in that. So they will happily pay people hundreds or thousands a month to create, you know, 10 pieces of content for them. I've got a client in particular who works with an eyelash company. She's also an eyelash tech, so it kind of came hand in hand. And they send her their new PR every two weeks and they pay her a day rate to create content. And then all that content goes to the company and goes to their website and their page. So UGC is fantastic. And there are websites out there like Upwork, Where if you make a profile and you type in UGC, there are so many job opportunities on there. If you go on Upwork and you type in TikTok manager, there are like a load of companies saying we're looking for someone to create UGC for our TikTok page. And these people that are creating TikToks for themselves don't realise you can take that skill and apply. I think there was a car dealership the other day posting for TikTok. Because there are people out there who, who are a bit older, don't understand how to use TikTok, that need people that are being brought up with it to create fun videos for the company. And UGC, you can literally not have an Instagram page and do UGC. As long as you've got a portfolio, the sky's the limit. I'm thinking about doing UGC for jewellery, where I'll lay down a silk sheet and I'll put some gold jewellery down, maybe some flowers, take a load of those photos, send them off to a company and say, hey, I do UGC for jewellery companies. Here are some of the shots I've taken. I'd love to do the same for your company. And then you negotiate a fee for, say, 10 images, five images. But you can also do it on the one-off. So, for example, Pampers reached out to one of my clients, the Nappy Brown Pampers, and one of my clients was a motherhood-based client, and she took a lovely photo of her son with his legs in the air, showing the nappy, and um, they offered her a lump sum for the image. And I helped to negotiate, and they actually ended up giving her a double. They gave her £400 for one image, which is insane. And it wasn't even a collab. She just took the photo of her son, and then Pampers okay. came across the image. So yeah, UGC is fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and anyone who needs to hear more about that, I can speak about it all day. Truly, truly, truly.
0: Yeah. No, well, this is something that it's so funny. Even since you and I started being in touch a few weeks ago, UGC is something that I've noticed that much more since then. And I've just been so excited to talk to you about this. And of course, you know, we have a certain amount of time for this podcast, so cannot share everything about UGC, but you've just shared enough that if anybody who's listening to this, has thought oh I can start trying to charge or earn money for my content creation when I have x amount of followers you've just been given the key to the kingdom because as Lorela just explained you don't need a certain amount of followers mm-hmm. at all to be creating UGC because this isn't going on your socials mm-hmm. it's going on theirs so and as you look for it, whether you're on Instagram, or you're on TikTok, there are a number of creators who are talking about it more. And actually, I've started noticing, of course, because the algorithm has noticed that I've been looking at it. Yeah, a number of creators who are sharing their journey who are like, day one of my UGC journey, you know, day four, or whatever it is. So not only can you learn from people who've been doing it for a long time and they can tell you lots of stuff, actually it's really inspirational when you see people at the beginning of the journey, yeah, so definitely. you can get over any imposter syndrome stuff you have, you can get over any kind of thinking, "Oh, I can't do this, it's not for me," because you're seeing people who are literally starting it a month or so ahead of you, yeah, so that's definitely one of the messages that I'm keen for people to come away with from this conversation is that. If you're somebody who enjoys social media, there is potential to be earning from it right now.
1: 100%. Yeah, I agree.
0: Thank you so much for talking about that. That is brilliant. So let's talk again, just for a minute about affiliate marketing. Okay. So again, now that you've mentioned it, it's something that people can look up and all of that. So that's excellent. We definitely don't need to answer all the questions now, but... What I'm wondering is, can you talk us through something fairly specific? So like I've seen on your socials recently, you've done some lovely kind of filming. I think it was in Zara in Paris.
1: Yeah. For yeah. Example,
0: right? So you did that one. So let's give an example of fashion, right? Mm-hmm. You talked about how with affiliate links, if you're using affiliate links, that, you know, what happens is you earn a small percentage of whatever it is that people are paying for. Now, can you get affiliate links for anything? Like if you're shopping at H&M, can you get affiliate links for that? Or is it other sorts of things that you're creating affiliate links for? So it's not
1: every single brand ever. Unfortunately, Zara is the one that isn't on any affiliate platform, which most of my wardrobe is Zara's. It's a bit upsetting. (laughs) But I would say most, most brands out there. So there are some different websites that I use. One's called Styling, another's called Metapic, And these two websites have... I want to say hundreds, probably not that many, but they have enough. They have a lot of brands out there. I'm talking Pretty Little Thing, Boohoo, Nike, Shoe. I'm pretty sure I saw like it was either Aldi or Asda's on there the other day you know, loads of brands are on there and they're adding more and more every day. To be honest, every other day I get an email saying, we've added new store, new store. I would say every store that I go to really, other than Zara, I would say I've found on an affiliate platform. And then on like the flip side of that, I don't know much about it, but you have things like Amazon Storefront, which is obviously very, very similar. You can link things on your Amazon Storefront and then you can promote that product. And if someone buys it through your storefront, you can get commission. So there's lots of different ways with affiliate marketing. And it's kind of similar to like talk Shop. And again, I don't know much about TikTok shop, so I won't go too much into it. But same sort of thing. You can link a product and get a percentage. So yeah, it's miscellaneous products. Obviously, myself as a fashion creator, it's great for me because most of the stores are on there. Bazaar. (laughs) But then there's other things out there. I've got some girls that do it for a bit of makeup, skincare, and then, yeah, any product. And I say to everyone, look around your home. What have you got in your house that you use every day? Make a video on it. Tell your followers why that product changed your life. And link it if you can link it. And uh, you could make a bit of money through that, 100%.
0: And that's also how somebody would create a portfolio, right? So thinking about if somebody's listening to this and thinking, I have never heard about UGC, this sounds amazing. Lorella talked about, you know, I don't need a particular following, but I do need to have a portfolio. What you've just described is actually exactly how you start creating a portfolio, right? You use kind of what's around your house, you create some content, and then It's not even like you need a website, right? As long as you can put something on Vimeo or any kind of platform like that, you might have some that you recommend. That's how you create a portfolio. Am I right? Yeah. So with affiliate marketing,
1: if people buy through your link, you can, on the affiliate marketing platforms, they have statistics. And it will say how many clicks you've had in the last month or last week. You can take a screenshot of that when you're pitching and say to someone, you know, I know that I have a strong influence over my followers because when I promote something, they click on it and they purchase it and I can evidence this through this literal screenshot. So it's really, really great for you because it can show you how engaged your audience is. It can show obviously the power of links as well. And it's just like a nice little thing to kind of have in your back pocket. So not only can you make money through affiliate marketing, you can literally use the screenshots to then negotiate with brands for paid collaborations. And then the UGC, as long as you've got like a portfolio of images, that's your portfolio there. So it kind of all, um, it can all interlink. Each area can help each other.
0: Okay. Okay. I love that. So these are definitely some of the things that is so important to think about because for a moment, even those of you who are listening to this, who are interested in going into, you know, engineering or research or media or... Whatever it is, right? I mean, the beauty of life is whether you're interested in going into the corporate world or you're interested in exploring opportunities further afield than that. There are, again, technology advances in technology mean that there are so many things that you can be doing, either kind of obviously on that journey or alongside. One of the things that I'm always really keen to communicate and advocate is the idea of creating a portfolio career. So not purely going in one specific direction, although of course it's a really brilliant thing to be working towards what it is that you want to do, but also recognizing that there are opportunities now that didn't exist very long ago to not just be paid by an employer, but also be earning independently in different ways, including some of the ways that Lorella has discussed. So I hope that one of the things that you're getting from listening to this is how much possibility there is. And that can be inspirational, but also overwhelming at the same time. So if the overwhelming feeling is coming into things, just pick a thing, right? Pick one thing. And You know, Lorella shared before we started recording, but also once we were were recording, that her first course was a WhatsApp group. Yeah. Like, can I just tell you, by the way, Lorella, like that is so inspirational for me to hear as well. Because for a little bit of context, and I think people who are regular listeners to dive in into your career, they know this. Like, for me, it's very important that I am walking my talk. So when I talk about creating content on socials, which I think is a really important thing to do when I talk about creating long form content, whether blogs or podcasts in my case or YouTube, it's something that I do as well. So when I'm suggesting it to 18 year olds or whoever it is that I might be supporting, it's not like I'm not out here on these TikTok streets as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm kind of literally just dabbling in all of this because it's not even that it's the future, it's the now. Yeah. I want to be able to talk to people about it from an aspect of having given it a go myself and and yeah. seeing what it is and connecting with interesting people like you that I wouldn't have connected if I wasn't on these platforms. So as somebody who supports students with their careers, I'd feel a little bit out of touch if I didn't feel like I couldn't talk about some of these things that we're talking about here today. So if you're listening to this, and you're hugely inspired, you know, start somewhere, feel free to look up affiliate marketing, feel free to look up UGC. If you're enjoying creating your content anyway, keep doing that. Yeah, right. That's where if you're creating valuable content for your Audience, hopefully, those numbers will keep building. Yeah. So keep going with that. And I guess I'd really want to mention that, as Lorella talked about, influencers exist in all sorts of spaces. And if this is terminology that you're not yet comfortable with, I'd love you to remember that in a more corporate environment, people that you would consider to be influencers are thought leaders, right? Yeah. So anybody who is in a certain space and can be sharing ideas, and there are people who are interested in what they have to say, right? Yeah. That is ultimately what this whole world is all about. So Lorella, sometimes there are negative connotations about influencers. Like I think we probably dispelled a number of those just from this chat anyway, but can you tell us a little bit more about some of those negative connotations that you've come across and oh, yes <laughs> you would dispel some of that? Go for yeah. it. <laughs> no, yeah, of course. I feel like just the word
1: influencer, it people just they roll their eyes or they um, they instantly think negative of you. And personally for me, I have started to pull away from the word influencer and started to call things more as content creator. Because if I told someone, oh, I'm a product photographer and a model, oh, I'm also a director, Cause that's what you do when you take content. You are the model, you are the planner, you are the editor. If I told someone I was doing all those jobs, they'd say, How have you got that many jobs? Well, if I then say, actually I do influencing, they'll be like, Oh. But like, truth be told, like, that is everything that goes into it. And I think I don't know why I think there's a lack of understanding. I think some people can't understand how someone can have this life on this little app. This little app that got created how many years ago and people can find a person and be so obsessed with what they're creating that they hit a button and they follow you and then I think some people can't conceptualize how that person can take that and then monetize it and I do find where there's lack of understanding there's lack of compassion there's there's lack of like positivity towards it and I think some people they don't understand something they just sometimes they just don't want to know it and then there's the other there are the other people who because they don't understand it they want to learn but I feel like that sometimes can be quite rare Negative connotations, I do think that a lot of people think that an influencer is quite stuck up, quite snobby, thinks, oh, because they've got all these followers, they're, you know, really up themselves and all this. But truthfully, I wouldn't really say I even have a well-established influence. Most of my income does come through my coaching. And I've met people with millions of followers who are probably the loveliest people I've ever met, ever met in my life. And it is a bit of a shame because I feel like if I walk in a room and someone says, what do you do? And I say, I own my own company. I'm 22 years old. I've got a law degree. Everyone goes, wow. If I say, but I also do influencing, some people will switch off. And it's a shame because I can say I've got a law degree. You know, I was a carer for my dad for over 10 years. I've um, set up a company. I'm in the midst of setting up a second company. People will be like, that's incredible. As soon as you mention influencing... Some people just don't want to listen anymore. I do think that's because of lack of understanding. And the truth is, an influencer is just someone who has found an area in their life, they enjoy it, and therefore they want to share it with other people who also enjoy that area. And that can be anything. There's book talk where people on TikTok love books. And they share their books with other people who also love books. And that's such a wholesome... Such a wholesome niche, you know, if you ask me. And I think that's beautiful. And I think no one would look at a book influencer and be like, oh, that's influencer. They'd be like, that's quite sweet. And that's the same thing in fitness, in fashion, in makeup. It's someone who found an area in their life. They love that area. And they just want to share it with other people who also happen to like that. And we're all just human at the end of the day. Just some people choose to share more than others. That's all it is, really, in, in my opinion, anyway.
0: No, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for talking about some of the negative connotations you've heard. Those are really the ones that came to mind for me as well. Because again, as somebody who is in a really, really privileged position of hearing about the goals and dreams of people, I don't think I've ever been that person that anybody's going to be like, so often people have like horror stories about career advisors, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I said I wanted to do this. And then this is that or the other. I think in my over a decade of doing this, I think with my style, even when I've come across people who want to be footballers or people who want to be medics that do not have typical grades to become a medic. Yeah. My approach will always be fairly straightforward, but fairly supportive. Like, I'm not one to say, oh, you can't do that thing. (laughs) I would say, well, you're not currently achieving the grades to access the sort of course that you would want to be accessing here in the UK at the moment. So yeah. something would need to change, right? So so I'm so aware, and this is why I wanted us to spend a little bit of time on this, that there will be people, whether it's in universities, but certainly in schools, who will be having conversations either among their peers or with teachers or with careers professionals like myself and say, oh, you know, I, I want a career on social media. I want to be an influencer. And they will be met with those eye rolls. Yeah. So. What you're doing here and what you're sharing here, Lorella, is so helpful. It's definitely something that I'm going to share with the very active communities of careers advisors that I'm part of because these are all people like like me. They were so honored to have like a window into the future of the people that it is that we support. Yeah. So it's really important to understand more about just what you've shared in terms of the different ways that people monetize and that sort of thing that in itself is enough that somebody can be like oh okay I understand a little bit more than that about that now I can support my students in a different way (laughs) or I can support my child in a different way because it doesn't seem like some kind of pie in the sky ridiculousness
1: no I agree I think if someone came to you and said I'm in a job that I love and i can comfortably pay the bills anyone who loves and supports that person will say that's fantastic for you if that happens to be influencing or content creation or tiktok management or ugc there should be no eye roll because if you're happy doing what you're doing and you are able to make income from it then whoever is trying to support you should support you regardless because there are people out there who are lawyers and obviously law was going to be my thing who i can assume are probably making money but are miserable or oh, well, there are people out there that are happy in law, but aren't making the money they want to be. And that's in every profession. And I do feel like within influencing, there is a stigmatism, And that's purely because of lack of understanding. Because the, the role, in my opinion, of influencing or content creation, it's in its infancy. TikTok's only been around a few years. A lot's going to change in the next five, six years. So anyone who's currently listening to this who thinks content creation, I think it might be for me. It's really not too late to start because... This is so new. Just so many people. Companies are making TikTok pages now because they still haven't got them. And those people need help. There's a lot of money out there to be made and there's enough for everyone to go around. It's, I really would not say it's a saturated market. Others may disagree with me, but I've worked with around 3,000 influencers in the last two years. It's not saturated, not yet anyway.
0: No, absolutely. So if you haven't started yet, you can start now. Yes. So lots of people jumped onto TikTok in 2020, right? Yeah. I did not, wish I did, but I did not at the time. What I did jump onto, which was very interesting and and is now not as popular, was Clubhouse. Yeah. The kind of audio-only social media platform. Now, I'm mentioning this because for me, that was the first platform in my time of being into any kind of social media that... I got to see it from its inception, from its early stages, from when celebs with blue ticks on TikTok are starting from zero Yeah, as well. It's a really, really interesting thing to see. And so I guess what I would encourage you, you know, you're listening, you've gotten this far into the podcast. Like we've been hanging out with each other for 40 minutes. <laughs> so you've gotten this far in. You're obviously interested in this. What Lorella's just said about it not being saturated and not too late to start please remember that and the fact that everybody starts from nothing in terms of follower numbers yeah please remember that and then really what i would say with this and you know you only have to follow lorella's content or some of the influencers she supports or anybody that you already follow like these are typically people that love what they're talking about right yeah. Whether it's books and it's true, I've I've gotten into book talk a little bit on TikTok and it's so <laughs> interesting. It's really cool to see what people are sharing. I mean, there are all kinds of corners of TikTok for absolutely anything. So you can really be interested in anything. You can want to talk about dance or going into careers in film and TV or whatever it is, and start something. And while I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we said that isn't nice when you see that we don't want our followers to increase. I think anybody, myself included, on any social media platforms, I think it feels quite good when you see your followers increase. But yeah. actually, if your focus is on, I'm really into this, I think this could be really useful for people. Let me share my experience or, you know, I'm happy to share what my day is or whatever it is. I want to vlog about this or do that, like do it and enjoy it and I suspect you'll find your people and your people will find you and that's something that Lorella can obviously speak to far more than I can so far.
1: No yeah definitely I think like you said there's loads of different corners of um of TikTok I've been stuck on the Harry Potter side of TikTok for a little while now because <laughs> the algorithm wants to know what you like it wants to know what you're putting out there although I'm not posting about Harry Potter <laughs> a lot of my for you pages I'm going to say something that's a bit controversial, not controversial, but we're all special. Don't get me wrong. We are all special, but there are a million people also out there like you. I know those are two contradiction statements. We are all very unique, but there's also a million people out there like you. And what I mean by that is if you ever feel alone, there are so many people out there on social media and obviously in the world that are going through the same thing as you. So, you know, there are some accounts that some college students that post about GCSE, study tips, how to get through exams, how to better your timetable and, and arrange your time to help students. Influencing, it is a bit of a taboo word, I guess, but it's more than that. It is finding your people. It's what you are passionate about, what you want to help, and there are people out there with the exact same issues as you, and therefore the exact same interests as you. So yeah, that's the beauty of it, because then it can, can connect to your people all the way across the world who are going through the exact same thing as you, or who like the same thing as you, and you can produce friendships through that. So that's quite nice.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much for mentioning that. One thing that I think is probably really important for us to at least touch on before we finish this conversation is that sometimes there is a fear of, well, what are people going to say? And what are people going to think? And, oh, I'd be interested in putting stuff out there, but I don't want to put my face out there. Like, I see that sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, your face is amazing. Like, you know, if you've got something to talk about, let's see your face. Yeah. But- I, I'm not saying that to belittle anybody's concerns about that, because we all know that there are keyboard warriors out there yeah. that will type in ridiculousness and say foolishness that hopefully that they, they would never say in real life. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I talk to students about whenever we're talking about their career goals and what it is that they're doing next and all of that is, I like to give a foundation of making sure that your mental and your physical health feels intact and feels healthy (laughs) but tell me more about maybe some of the resilience that you need or how do you cope with idiots for want of a a better word um kind of out there on the internet on social media when you're sharing what you love and putting your face out there how do you deal with that? I mean, some days it can be harder than
1: others. I would like to say I'm quite thick-skinned. But some days, comments, random comments, they can get to you. My dad, he brought me up and always said, you cannot reason with stupid people because stupid people can't be reasoned with. And he's very right. And my dad, bless him, he always told me, Lorelli, the smartest person in any room, he, he, he always tried to make me feel intelligent when I'm going through exams and trying to make me feel like I can do things. And he would say to me, why would you try and explain to a stupid person why what they're saying is rude or why what they've said has hurt your feelings? Because they didn't understand it when they typed it, so they're not going to understand it when you reply. So the point is, just don't don't reply. Because as soon as you give anything energy, what does a fire do when you give oxygen? It blows up. And I think there's no point in replying to things. Just delete them. Like, literally just delete them. And I think on days where you can't be that hard-faced, like, tough-skinned person, find... Someone who can be that person for you. I think a lot of my clients, I am that person. If something happens, my girls will send it to me and I'm very much there to hype them back up and tell them what to do. Okay, delete that, block them, do this, do that, and you know, you're gonna be fine. And to be quite honest, as soon as you delete the comment, it doesn't really happen again by that same person, unless you have someone who is like harassing you, which is very, very, very rare. The odds are that one hate comment, that person really doesn't actually care. And this sounds quite negative. And again, there's something my, my lovely dad taught me was, and this sounds awful, no one actually cares about you more than they care about themselves. If you're going through something and you ring your best friend, your best friend loves you to death. They love you so much, but they won't really lose sleep over the issues you're going through. They don't feel the anxiety in their tummy. And when you get a hate comment, that person doesn't actually care about you. They don't care about the reaction they're going to get, and they don't care if you lose sleep. So if they don't care, why should you? Because a situation only has as much energy as you actually give it. If you decide you don't want to care and you're just going to delete it and carry on with your day, then nothing happens. If you decide to dwell on things and go, "Oh my god, someone said that my outfit was," I got a comment of day. Your outfit's so tacky, and I think I replied saying, "Happy Monday to you too," because why not? Like, why not? Like, in, and they didn't reply. They didn't even reply. And I could sat there and thought, "Is my outfit tacky? No, my outfit's not tacky. I liked my outfit, and that's what matters." I think the biggest thing people need to take away from this is you can't be everybody's friend. You definitely can't please everybody. And some people don't want to be pleased. So you can't reason with everybody. And like I said, on days where you are struggling to be that resilient and be that tough person, you need someone in your corner who can remind you of those kind of things I've just said. Because it can be hard. It can be, obviously, mentally tough. You know, you do see situations where, I mean, like, hashtag be kind with with Caroline Flack. And and I think that was really tough for a lot of people to read and and to see and hear about and i think if anyone's listening this is therefore also a reminder on the flip side of things to watch what you say because there is someone on the other end of that instagram post that you commented on if you think that outfit's tacky keep the opinion to yourself and so it's kind of like on both sides if you're getting the comments but if you're also the person who thinks this comment won't do much you know you see a tiktok blow up everyone thinks it's the rite of passage to comment on it like even if their comments are not very nice And I think there's someone like like, across that video that posted it that had zero comments and zero likes and then they've woken up and it's got a million and suddenly everyone's given their two pence. Your two pence doesn't really mean much to that person. Keep it to yourself. Like how hard is it? How hard is it to keep it to yourself? But yeah, I, I think on days where you might get a hate comment, it only has as much energy as you give it. So decide to give it none.
0: That is insanely wise. Like, that is really, <laughs> that is so helpful. And it's so good to talk about this when you're not in the middle of a storm or what feels like a storm to you, you know, because yeah. then it can become all encompassing. And as you say, if you're giving it energy and nobody's judging you for giving it energy, we're all humans. It's not nice when people don't oh, yes. say, when people say horrible things. But to think about that and to hear that when you're, hopefully at a stage of embarking on this journey or you've listened to this and you just thought I haven't posted on Instagram in about three months this has inspired me to, uh-huh. <laughs> to do something do remember that because really the only thing that I will add and because Lorella's so much more experienced with this than I do from her own you know what she posts herself but of course as you say you supported 3000 plus people. So you've seen a lot of this. What I will add to this on an influencer level, on a thought leader level, on a sharing your ideas level is that once you start sharing your ideas, there are going to be people out there that don't like them, right? So your alternative is to kind of just sit down and not do anything. But then of course there'll be issues with that too, (laughs) somewhere (laughs) for somebody So really, it's about, I guess, building the confidence and the confidence doesn't particularly come from achieving great results or something like that. Sometimes the confidence just comes from doing it. It's like, oh, I was too scared to post this. It's been sitting in my drafts. Actually, I'm just going to post it and let it go out there. So when I say about kind of sharing opinions, obviously, and, and this is where everybody has an agenda on this. I kind of think, well, be kind about it and be inclusive because anything else I kind of feel doesn't need to be shared. But, you know, we live in free societies where people can say what they want. Again, that's my opinion as opposed to anything else. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's a tricky one, isn't it? But, yeah, I just wanted to share that encouragement as well. And then, really, the last thing, because when we started recording this, I said to Lorella, I know that I could speak to you for ages. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. (laughs) There's there's so much interesting stuff here. So really then, just before you go, starting a business, right? Mm -hmm. I appreciate that we're not talking kind of Richard Branson, Karen Brady, Stephen Bartlett type levels, but you are a 22-year-old woman who has recently graduated and Started a business in something that you didn't even intend to start as a business. Yeah. (laughs) And so I think you've got some incredible wisdom and insights for anybody who can be at the beginning of their journey and is just thinking about something. Somebody who might be a student and is wanting to start a business on the side, or somebody who's recently graduated and they might be going for it with their corporate career. They might be, you know, starting. To work for one of the big four, for example, but they might also want to do their own thing, whether it's jewelry design or whatever it is. What one or two things would you share with anybody who's kind of in that position of thinking about starting something? So, for me,
1: I am a sucker for a brainstorming session. I've done it with every new product release, every new idea. I sit down, I write the idea bang in the middle of a piece of paper, and I do a big bubble map diagram, whatever you want to call it, and I try and get everything out of my head and onto paper i've purchased whiteboards i've purchased cork boards there's paper everywhere in my office it's an organized mess if you will someone else will walk in and think what on earth but i love it it's my space (laughs) and i get everything out of here because. there are so many people that if they just tap into their potential, I genuinely think they will be unstoppable. But they have to get the ideas out of their head and written down so they are somewhere where they can then conceptualise those ideas. So for me, if you've got an idea, run with it. Write a million things down. Doesn't mean you've got to go away and do a million things, but it means you've started to put the foundations into place. And then my second piece of advice, take the top thing and start that one thing. And then take the next kind of like the whole UGC, affiliate marketing, paid collaborations, it's overwhelming to do everything, write down everything you want to do, and if, if all those ways of making money on social media are that, make a brainstorm for each one, how am I going to do each one, okay let's start with one, I think um, I've had many a brainstorm where I've come up with 10 new services that I want to, to launch, and then I think oh my god I've got to do 10 new launches, and I think I can't do that, I think but what I can do is one launch, and take it with what you can do, I also think that it's really important if you are in like a nine to five or you're a student, whatever you're doing that's taking up most of your time is to block out the same sort of time in your week every week that you're dedicating towards that business. Think of it like a new hobby or a new skill. You have to put in X amount of hours to succeed in that hobby or in that skill. Same sort of thing with the business. Don't just wing it. Say, okay, every Wednesday, four till six, that is my business hours. That is where I'm focused. No one talks to me. I'm not going out. I'm not studying. Those are the hours I'm putting into this. And then you can kind of leave it for the week whilst you focus on other things like your studies or your job and then pick it back up. And then if you find that you have more time for it, give more time into it. Because I think, you know, I don't know I was lucky. Obviously, the lockdown was horrific for a lot of people. Um, and I can completely, you know, I can't even imagine what the world's gone through, really. Even when you hear on the news, I still can't, you know, fathom what happened. But it gave me time. And um, for full transparency, I don't think I would have started this if it wasn't for the lockdown. You know, I was working at McDonald's, Mm -hmm. I was caring for my dad, I was a full-time university student, and this happened because I had time. So I feel like my business got that kind of full-speed-ahead mentality when, you know, because I could put everything into it. So I think if this was the other way around and I couldn't do that, I think I would just block out what time I have. But sometimes that comes as sacrifices. If that means you can't go out every weekend with your friends because you've got to put in a few hours, if that's what you want to have this be a success – you have to sacrifice things every now and then to try and give it energy to give it flames so yeah, i think that's what i would advise
0: okay that is amazing and what's next now this sounds like a crazy question in the in light of the fact that as we just talked about we had a pandemic that wasn't seen as something that would be coming certainly not from the public unless you sort of worked in that kind of space yeah. I appreciate that there's a naivety to that question, but I'm a planner and I support people to be. And I can see that you are as well. So tell us a little bit more about what's next for you. And really importantly, where can people follow you, see what you're up to? What are your facial favorite socials where people can find you? And I'll be sure to link to those in the show notes as well.
1: Thank you. So for me, what's next is I'm launching my second company, which is really, really exciting. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I have this crazy ambition that I would love to own five companies by the time I'm 25. Do I know what they're all going to be? No. But do <laughs> I want to be running several different like things yes I think I have a passion for entrepreneurial stuff let's call it stuff so my plan is on the 1st of June a lady who I have brought into my team because I currently have a team of five that help me run my company uh, well me included so me and four we're going into business together so a lady called Tiffany she helps me with some projects she runs her own social media agency as well and we've decided to partner up to do influencer management so at the moment we do coaching for influencers and management for businesses where we run their socials, we want to do representation. So, you know, like when stars come off of TV shows, managers, they them up because then that manager can get commission of any deals they get. We have uh, thankfully signed two people already, which is really exciting. I'm not going to say who, but they are some big people, and we're hopefully going to be representing them. So, reaching out to brands on behalf of those people to secure them deals. And also, now that you know, lockdowns have all gone away, the next things for me are events. I want to start hosting them, I want to start helping companies to organize them, organize all like the PR, you know, the PR boxes, the gifts they send out, the photo shoots, kind of the more in person stuff. A lot of what I've done because it's been in, in the pandemic. It's been online, it's been calls, it's been all that stuff. For me, my next thing is events. In April, just gone, so a month or so ago, a travel company that I do some work with, they reached out to me and rang me and said, hi, Loz, we're all going to Malta in 10 days. Do you want to come where we'll pay for everything? I said, yes. Yes, of course I want to come to Malta. And I took 40 people with me. Yeah. I did a post on my business page. They said, do you want to bring some of your clients? I said, yes. So they said, do a post on your page, put it out there to your clients. And I took 40 people with me. And I think what my company's doing, the every month's different. And it was incredible. Within about two weeks, we all flew out to Malta. Um, and the hotel was all paid for. Everything we did out there was paid for, which was amazing. And um, that's actually where I have a call with after this. I'm very excited to catch up with him. So there's a lot going on, in-person stuff, events, all that stuff. But definitely, 1st of June, we're launching a new company. And I'm really, really excited. Obviously, by the time this gets published, everyone will already know. So I'm really excited for that. And we're already planning our launch party as well, which I'm really excited for. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok. My name's Lorella Palmer. And then my
0: business is Lorella's Influencers. Amazing. Well, Lorella, seriously, congratulations on all the things. Thank you. And thank you for how down to earth you are and how generous you are with sharing information, with sharing your experience. And I have literally no doubt that people listening to this will have come away with some really tangible things that they can do and they can look at if they are also subscribed to this idea that both you and I are subscribed to of how your career can involve different things. And it's likely a good idea for your career to potentially involve different things because I think putting all your eggs in one basket has been known to be tricky. Yeah. So for anybody who is interested in exploring different things, and as I said, even if you're in corporate or heading towards corporate, but you have a passion that's different, I think from hearing this conversation, you have some ideas about what you can do with that. And I think that's where a lot of career and life satisfaction comes it doesn't have to come from one source it doesn't have to come from one job of course it's brilliant if you can love your job that's definitely what i try and support people with but the life stuff around it and the passions and what's important to you is also what makes a big difference and laurel i think you've shared a lot of that so beautifully today so thank you no thank you
1: there is one more thing i'd like to say and it's that you know the common phrase life is short everyone always says life's short to so do this, life's short so do that. I think life's actually long and I think that you have many years to do whatever you want to do and whether that's a career change, a new hobby, travelling, that there's so much time that we have here and although it might feel short because the years often feel fleeting, your birthday comes around and you think blimey, how has that year gone? But the truth is each day just ticks by and life is long and if you get to... 13 you think actually I'd like to do this you know some women have come to me, have had kids they we're like now i want to do my social media i'm like cool let's do that now you have options and i think what well, i wish someone told me that because at school at college at uni i was panicking i had no idea what i wanted to do and i fell into this i'm happy i did i couldn't plan this and sometimes the best things in life that happen to you you fall into and you have to kind of take that and run with it even if there's not a solid plan in place And I think that's the biggest thing this has taught me was as much as I am a planner, some things you can't plan. And sometimes the best things in the world are
0: spontaneous. Ideal note upon which to end. That is amazing. Lorella, thank you so much. And you've been listening to the Dive Into Your Career podcast. This has been an episode about how to become an influencer and start your own business. And so much more that we've (laughs) talked about in the last hour Do remember that these episodes are really regular. So if you are not a subscriber yet, do make sure that you hit that subscriber button and don't keep good things to yourself. If you enjoy what you've listened to today, make sure that you share this episode and it would be amazing as well if you would leave a review. It helps people like you who find this useful to come across this podcast. So if you can take three minutes to do that, that would be incredible. Apart from that, stay safe and I look forward to catching you on another episode of the Dive Into Your Career podcast soon. Thanks again Lorella. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening today. To keep up to date with Dive Into Your Career, leave your details on bit.ly forward slash dive into the list. See you soon.